Mana 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 this is social discasting welcome to social discasting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka ben turdsman hope you're well my guest is co-host of the podcast social climbers and movies.edu.gov as well as i don't know if you know this he's an author he authored the book how to write a book and make at least 600 hours please welcome rocco welcome hey what's up <laughs> not much <laughs> we spoke for like an hour before this. <laughs> and now it's like oh formality yeah yeah yeah. how are you and where are you michigan and um amazing i'm uh, doing incredibly well we all are we're all killing it right yeah man yeah it's fucking horrible but I feel like in a weird way we were all like prepared for it and i don't know why i think that but i do it's <laughs> just like i don't know it feels very natural it would be like if you watched a zombie movie and everybody kind of reacted to the zombies and they were just like yeah well you know it's weird i gotta fill out my unemployment because there's zombies <laughs> coming and can't go to work and i guess i'll just eat tuna every day and fucking drink a lot more excuse me that's my turn you're my yeah that's my no no, no that's my space <laughs> yeah this... everybody's walking around with like a metal helmet on to protect their brain <laughs> 5g it's given us all this <laughs> shit, right? even by conspiracy theory standards that's some unique insanity it's one of the funnier ones i can remember it's hard to be mad at it because it's just so utterly absurd it's flat earth and that once you open that flat earth door everything's on the table in terms of questioning everything it's the gateway to true unintended nihilism i do still think that only 10 percent of flat earthers actually believe it and everybody else is trolling i can believe that i really believe that i also think a certain percentage of the trolls did it for so long that they now believe it. <laughs> they Lance Armstrong themselves. <laughs> yeah, like that's such, it's so normal to them. It's just like, I mean, that's just my reality. So you worked at a movie theater. Yeah, I still technically, they're still my employer, I think, right? Is that how it works? I don't know. I think it absolutely is a thing where you still are a valued member of the movie theater. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but like truly, however, because it's not unique to you. It's not like everybody's like, look, COVID and we're going to, it's just going to be for a little while, and then they're the you're the yeah, only one they sorry, do that Rocco. to? <laughs> we got to let you go. I know that you can probably prepare yourself for shit so much, but that still must have just been like, shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that should have fucking totally sideswiped me in a horrible way where I shouldn't have been. It felt so normal because it was so, it was sudden but gradual too, right? Like, I kept working for a week where, like, the whole staff, we had people coming in. We had a rule where, like, nobody was allowed to sit in the same row. We installed a whole bunch of fucking, uh, safety measures like him. Yeah, like about. crazy. Like, we were going nuts and, um, spending, like, upwards of thousands of dollars trying to, like, make it a better place for people to feel more comfortable just thinking maybe it would blow over i guess was the intention but we had no concept exactly yeah so like that was two weeks and then we spent a week just cleaning we closed because we were uh, non-essential and then we were just cleaning the building and we i mean the place has never been cleaner it's a hundred year old theater so that was cool too like it was almost like you know what maybe this this is kind of like a cool thing but we never have time to do this thorough of a job with this whole building so this was kind of neat then the next week i went in and uh me and my boss were gonna like paint and stuff and then they were like yeah we're done so i was like shit well that just got real but it felt natural it wasn't like crying in my car on the way home <laughs> like what the fuck am i gonna do you know here's my thought on that about why maybe that is the case of, of your reaction or maybe even like lack of reaction to yeah. it all i think it's two things one there's an absolute amount of shock going on in all of this yeah to where it is impossible for us to even comprehend it in real time let alone when we have context the other thing is that 
it's difficult to like completely lose your shit when this is not unique to anyone. That's true. That's I think what it is. It adds a weird level of like comfort somehow in its own way. Yeah, like being laid off with my boss at the same time and being able to call him and be like, hey, how do I do this? <laughs> that commonality goes a long way, I think. Yeah. And it's one thing to get fired or to just postpone employment, I suppose. But it's another thing when it's not personal. It's the most impersonal thing, really. It is everyone. Yeah, certainly everyone who works at a movie theater. So that's... Yeah, no shit. And, and as much as that's like its own nightmare for me, my favorite thing in the world is doesn't exist right now. And, you know, a lot of them are going to close forever. I did want to ask you about that, too, what your thoughts on it, because it's a thing that is a big deal to me. And... I have really bad vibes. I think it's going to be a thing where they're going to be less per place and the people that love them will still frequent. I think it's going to become a lot more of a niche thing. I keep going back and forth on whether I think it's just going to be art houses that stay or like huge multiplexes that stay. On one hand, I think the art house, they are the ones that have the clientele who are going to keep going back no matter what. This COVID thing's going to end and then as soon as theaters are open, those theaters are going to be full. But then the multiplexes are the ones that have all the money <laughs> and uh, they have the movies that make insane amounts of money that, you know, the event movies are going to play there. And then that's another thing that I'm sort of lucky with is our theater is super unique. We show both. We'll show like a foreign indie and then we'll show Star Wars the same week. We have eight screens and we kind of show whatever we want, which is a weird thing. But I'm really worried about some of the other theaters I go to. Like I still go to other theaters because we don't get everything. I just love the movie theater. <laughs> I love everything about it. So I'm sort of, except popcorn. I hate popcorn now. I imagine working there. I'm over it. We were talking earlier about how screen sizes are sort of... You can get a huge TV for relatively cheap now. That's not the whole point, though. <laughs> like, you can't get yeah. the sound like that. And especially with horror and comedy, watching it at home is not anywhere near as fun. It is an irreplaceable experience. Say what you will about Marvel Endgame and all that. That was a truly incredible theater experience for the crowd. Everybody was in on every beat of that movie. Yeah. Get Out was just like that too. Dude, I literally was just about to say that. That's one of those movies where there's certain parts where like I check the time and if it's close to a certain part, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into the theater and see how people react to this. And it's like yeah. so easy to predict how they're going to react to certain because it's just like you just hear it over and over again every night for two weeks. And it's just, I never get tired of it. Like the end of Get Out is such a good theater experience. What have you been doing? Well, I know what you've been doing, but what have you been doing with your time? <laughs> I'll tell anybody who listens. Um, oh, no. I mean, I've, I read your articles. I feel like it's not like a duty that I have to like write a lot, but I'm mm -hmm. like it, when I was working, you know, when we'd be slow, I'd write at work. So like I'm always sort of writing anyway. So like on my days off, I would just sort of like mess around and like make stupid videos and write. And now I'm like every day is my day off. So rather than, you know, sit and play video games all day. I'll just do that some of the day and I'll keep hmm. doing the stuff that I normally would do on my... So basically, I'm sort of trying to treat every day like it's a day off from my job mm -hmm. and not treat every day like I don't have a job, if that makes sense. Um, no, that makes sense. So I'm sort of like every day, I'm like sort of just excited to... Uh, you know, play Overcooked with my wife or um, <laughs> or like write something that, you know, I have time for so much stuff. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not writing the one thing that I should be writing. That I get. But, you know, if you're going back to what you were doing when this started and before this started, yeah. it's not exactly an oasis away from it. Yeah, no. Right. So it makes sense to me. 
as soon as this started, I was like, man, I'm going to watch so many movies. And then I was like, well, that, I, I never watch movies on my day off because that's what I do every other day. <laughs> like, I am not only not watching as many movies, I am watching dramatically less films. Yeah. I'm watching more TV. And I think that's just because I can't do a lot for a, a long amount of time. That's definitely true. Trying to do something for a long time is weird. I don't know why. But that's sort of, I think, is always the case. I am sort of an extrovert, but I do sort of thrive when I'm sort of alone doing whatever I want. But it's sort of hard for me to decide what I want to do a lot of the time. I really wish I could like write and watch a movie at the same time because I can never decide like which thing I want to do. Yeah. Like do whatever you want right now. Like don't, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you want to watch a movie, watch a movie. If you want to go back to bed, you fucking go back to bed. Like, you you don't have anything responsibilities. You know, there is truly no right or wrong way to do this. Yes, everybody's doing the best that they can. We're all trying, and just because you're not doing whatever as much as somebody else, who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. You're not alone in this, and everybody's doing the best that they can. Yeah, you're you're probably right. If I would have got if I would have gotten laid off because we like closed because we weren't doing enough business, it probably would have devastated me. But the idea that we're all in this together is definitely something that's sort of comforting, and I think that's a good thing to think about. It truly, is beyond us as individuals. Literally beyond all individuals. <laughs> it being this faceless, invisible thing, maybe that's where it also like helps. I guess I don't know. It's not a conspiracy yet, so I'm working on one though. Maybe try six G. Uh, it's a COVID twenty one. That's a 10G thing. <laughs> but my phone, look at how fast it runs. Is that even what G is? Is it fast or is it just like good connection? I don't even know what it means. The only thing I know is that my cell phone bill is higher and it's killing people at an incredibly alarming rate. Yeah, and I know that if you put like a plant next to a Wi-Fi router, the plant will die. But we're, <laughs> we're, we're all okay with it somehow. <laughs> because we don't like long cords. Yeah. So there's that. I say that and we're functioning right now doing this because of Wi-Fi. Oh my God, and so much of what I'm doing is is reliant on Wi-Fi. I mean, yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> Talking about, like, for me, watching television shows, I cannot get over how truly, I think, extraordinary Devs is. Oh, man. I think it's incredible. I truly do. I think it's amazing. It's. I think it's the best season of TV since True Detective Season 1. I love it so much. I just finished it last night, and um, I'm probably going to watch it again. I don't want spoilers. <laughs> I'm not finished it, but... Just yes or no, does it stick the landing? Uh, Yes. Okay. I was really worried about it. It doesn't stick the landing quite as well as Annihilation did. <laughs> the most incredible ending ever. Even with Annihilation, I was already there. But if there was any doubt in my mind that I was just like kind of a blank check Alex Garland fan, I'll watch whatever he makes. Yeah. That it's solidified with devs. Oh, definitely. It's that good. I love it. I really do. I didn't think I was capable of liking a TV show this much. It's like the anti-Westworld. Yeah, it definitely in some ways. Well, dude, it's like one person wrote and directed every episode. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that is weird. True. That's like a, not a normal thing anymore. Was it ever? That's a weird thing. <laughs> I'm really glad devs exists, though. Is there anything that you want to do that you haven't done or that you're open to? I know like with the inherent nature of creative projects, it kind of just, it is what it is when it is, but is there anything for you? I need to finish the book that I'm writing because that, I genuinely think I'm like clenching when I sleep and stuff. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I think it's really stressing me out on like a subconscious level. That book, like I think once I finish that, it'll either be really good for my psyche or really bad. Like I'll ha be like, what the fuck am I going to do now? But 
Yeah. I don't know if that's why I'm like putting it off, but that I need to finish. But as far as stuff that I haven't done or am not currently doing, I genuinely do want to remake the movie Lock in my car in my driveway because I think it would be funny. (laughs) And I'm fascinated by that idea because A, I absolutely love that movie. I think it's amazing. And if anybody had any doubt about Tom Hardy being a movie star, then that should be extinguished immediately upon seeing that movie. Yeah, and he's not even... He has nobody to act He's not with. doing a lot. Yeah, it's so subtle. It's so good. Yeah. And that's why I want to do it because, number one, it's doable. Like, that's, like, why I, like, rewatched a scene from it on YouTube because just because I wanted to. And then I was like, oh, man, this would be kind of funny if I, if I remade the entire movie lock. But then I was like, it'll be extra funny because it's such a fucking good performance and I've mm-hmm. never acted before. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see. I, who knows if I'll actually like do it or finish it. I'm definitely going to try it. I don't know if I'm ever going to like put it out, but I'm certainly going to try it. And uh, I think that's like definitely something that I'm thinking about a lot. <laughs> I feel like there's almost like a weird, almost like borderline exhilaration of you wake up the next day and you fucking don't have COVID. You're just like, <laughs> shit, I'm going to do stuff. Yeah, dude. I'm also like, I don't know what's going to happen with the world at all. Like, I feel like, I I mean, I gave myself a Mohawk as a joke because I was like, it's going to be Mad Max times. But like, what if it, like, I want to like, I really do want to finish my book because there is a world where in six months, I don't have an opportunity to put my book out anymore. Do you see it affecting your, not the the direction maybe or or the kind of content tenor of the book? I mean, I did make a joke where I just said I was going to end my book everybody got COVID and died and just put it out. (laughs) But then I was like, I don't think it's going to affect that at all. Just because I already had like so much of the skeletons. Sure. It's like 75% done. So I don't think it would really affect that. Um, I mean, in so much as like, obviously it's going to, you know, on some level affect it because it's happening to me and I'm still writing it. I guess I was wondering like in a more overt way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think that's possible at this point. Like maybe if it would if this would have happened a couple months earlier, I think it would definitely would have. But but then yeah. I'm like also sort of resistant to like immediately trying to be like the guy who puts it in his art. I think people should just keep making art. It doesn't have to be like art about that always feels so cynical to me when it happens right away. Remember when like three nine eleven movies came out in the same year? And it was just like eh. It feels like an absolute cynical pandering cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like you said, it's probably the person's working through it in some way, but also it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean it's not valid, at least, uh, or maybe artistically for them. Yeah. I mean, look, you're talking to me who has a podcast about the situation. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to to necessarily, like, criticize anybody for, like, making a thing <laughs> in real time about the thing, regardless of, of my earnest intentions. But I still did. I mean, shit, you heard it on the Sleeves episode. Yeah. I bristled at that horseshit Zoom office show that's happening. Which, yeah. frankly, is an inherently awful idea. Terrible. On top of the fact that it's also just like, it's not only that the body was still warm, they were still alive. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, at least let a thing die before you have the funeral or tramp all over it. Yeah. Like, good God. I say that and I'm going to probably hate watching. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is no thing, though. Like, I'm, I'm not hate listening, watching, whatever, anything right now because... Dude, I stopped doing that, too. I just don't need that, don't want that. I do think that we will get perspective of, like, some of the things that we truly value and maybe seek that out more than just, I don't know, kind of like maybe uh, an addictive element of, of what rage is, uh, being angry about stuff is. I'm just so over that. I don't love getting mad on purpose anymore. I don't either. And I'm glad because otherwise, shit, I'd be listening to the Zach Braff podcast. 
And thank God I'm not doing that. Okay, before we uh, wrap it up, do you have any tips for people? Anything that works for you, might help people, whatever the case may be? Genuinely just do whatever you want. As long as you're not like hurting somebody, like don't be a, if you see other people doing certain things, you don't have to feel pressure to like do that. Like you don't have to like be like accomplishing something right now. You, there's never been a better time to just sit on your couch and watch movies literally all day long. Watch an entire season of a TV show. Uh, watch The you know, Sopranos, like half of America seemingly. Or like do nothing. There's so much... Yes. I love doing nothing sometimes. Like on like a day off where I'm like worked like nine shifts in a row or whatever. And then like I just will literally lay on my couch and look at my phone and just accomplish absolutely nothing. And like the next day I might I might be like, oh, I could have mowed the lawn or whatever. But like now <laughs> there's, there's nothing yeah. I could have done. So it's like doing I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, power in just sort of doing whatever you want in a way. Yeah, that's my advice, I guess. There's no right or, you know, like you said, there's no right or, or wrong way to do it. And also, self-care doesn't have to be you doing a thing. Right. It could be the absence of a thing. Yeah, like, for example, um, not wearing deodorant, I think, is self-care. <laughs> Chemically, it's not good. Yeah. Depending on what you get. Uh, I say that, and, like, you can probably, like, see the little green squiggly lines coming out from me as I walk around the odor emanating off of me. However, it's saving money. And who the fuck am I out to impress right now? No one. Exactly. Oh, I, I do have one more piece of advice that I just thought. Okay. Of. If you don't drink one day a week, then you're not an alcoholic. Okay. Yeah. So if you drink six days and then take one day off, then no one's allowed to say you have a problem. That's the rule that I just thought of. And it's definitely not <laughs> something somebody would say if they feared they were an alcoholic. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> yeah exactly you know i will say it's something that i i'm more like mindful of trying to do but like especially in times like these be encouraging uh, be more outward you know i'm not even saying like saying i love you to everyone somebody if you feel like somebody is like kind of down or something just and mean it obviously but just like you're doing great oh you know, yeah like, encourage yeah, yeah, yeah. encourage people because i think that goes a long way and a lot of us i could be in a way worse situation or just handling it worse and i can handle be handling it better but there are people that are just going through it far more than i am and you know i just want to put that out there and call your grandparents, for God's sake. No shit, have some respect. <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to plug? Yeah, I guess social climbers. That's. I feel like we've made some funny episodes now, and um, hopefully more people start listening to that. I guess, but that, and then uh, I don't know. Whenever my book comes out, I'll, I'll, I won't shut up about it. So people will hear Perfect. about that. That's about oh, it, yeah. I think. Okay, uh, I got nothing. You know, actually, at s discasting on Twitter. Now that I did that, yeah. That has had a nice little run of, of folks following, so that's really cool. It's blowing up. It's wild. <laughs> At Inquisitive Dick is my main. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening. Hope you're doing well. Honestly, just be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. Consider yourself. Consider other people. And encourage people when you can. That's all I got. Bye. See ya.